What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Joining me today is Paul Thompson and Matt Sleezer. Paul and Matt, I have a quick question for you guys. Have you regained feeling in your lower extremities? What extremities? <laughs> you know, they were giving out um, rechargeable um, hand warmers, and let's just say it was put to good use. I was going to say, you weren't using those on your hands, were you? <laughs> all i could say is if i went to that game i would not have been hugging anybody in terms of i would have had glass cutters full out that would have been oh but how how cold did it get out there was it zero or was it like one uh two degrees with a uh real feel of negative six i believe yeah it was pretty cold yeah well pretty darn cold well, you guys know where we're going to be getting at. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills absolutely positively thumped. In my opinion, this was the biggest beatdown since the Dolphins, Jaguars, or Miami Fort, where Miami got beat so bad, Dan Marino retired. This game had a very similar feeling to it. I think Buffalo was perfect offensively, or, or like seven for seven. I don't think they punted the entire game. They were um, perfect. They were perfect. Um but, yeah, we're going to get into that game. We're going to get into our playoffs slash Super Bowl predictions of how far they can go, and then we'll wrap it up with a coaching vacancies, who we think is going to be a coach there, like giving two or three candidates. I know some teams I'm very confident on. Other teams, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to throw a fucking dart. I have no clue because it depends on who they hire as their GM. But uh, I wanted to use this as like a finale because when I started up this podcast with you guys and with everybody else, it was right at the end of the season. It was right after Tampa won the Super Bowl. And I did like a re-update for the year. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, where I'm going to be focusing more on the draft moving forward. So I wanted to use this as a finale to the regular season, the uh, NFL season, you know, looking forward to the Super Bowl, you know, all that fun stuff. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll get into – the Bills game, because that was the first one. You two were actually physically there at the game. I actually didn't even watch the whole game, believe it or not. I watched three quarters, and I was enjoying every minute of it, but then I went to Twitter to troll some Patriot fans. So, <laughs> and I was just letting them have it. You missed a good game. Though the cold, I would assume, was worth it. Now, the question is, how drunk? Because I know, Paul, usually when we go, it's, it's usually pretty okay. Bills fans usually are known for getting a little, you know, a little intoxicated. When there's a night game, usually that means they still drink at 8 a.m. usually, regardless if it's a 1 p.m. game or an 8 p.m. game. You know, so was the state or is it just too cold there when you guys went to where everybody was like, you know, a herd of sheep? Uh, actually, I was commenting this to my dad and my mother. Uh, it was the most sober I've ever seen a mask crowd in Bill Stadium. Not by choice, but by the weather. People literally in my section were complaining and stopped buying the beer because by the time they bought the beer and got back to their seats, it was slushy at best, frozen most likely. Yep. So uh, it was the most sober crowd I've seen, not because they wanted to be sober, but because the elements made them sober. <laughs> say they had a slushy too, like a frozen drink. You'd have to get a that people didn't want to. And then on top of that, and then there was a group of people that are like, I'm not buying anything. They're like, why is that? Cause I like, I have to take all these layers off to get my wallet out. Like I'm not, I'm not, the, you know, unzipping my jacket to get my wallet. It's too cold. <laughs> uh, that is a good one. Uh, but the, Hey, the game was worth it, Paul. I feel like this was a good old redemption story for Buffalo. This felt like 20 years worth of buildup and frustration. You know what I mean? Just taken out on one game. 
you know, I feel like this was um, something out, man. Yeah. You guys were at the game, so you guys got Yeah, the- it was the best game I've ever seen live. Uh, just real quick for your audience. My draw, after the first touchdown and the first interception, my draw never left the ground of that stadium. It was just completely open. Um, when they say they pitched a perfect game, uh, like a baseball term, they pitched a perfect game. They they I, they couldn't try to screw this up. They were they were dominant from start to finish. And I saw plays, and I've been to a lot of Bills games. I've had season tickets for a couple of years now. I've been going to games before. I even had season tickets. And I've seen some horrible football. I've seen the Bills play some really good football. I've never, ever, with my own two eyes, ever in that stadium, ever seen them play a game. That well executed all the way around. Uh, the only blemish is, uh, you know, they were missing extra points uh, because it was like zero degrees. And I guess apparently after the game, he said it, it felt like uh, uh, Tyler Bass said that it felt like he was trying to kick a cinder block. That's how cold the ball felt. They did it the way things were going because they could do whatever they wanted. I was just saying because there was like a 28 to 3 curse from that Atlanta Patriot one. And they're like, oh, no, we're not going to go at 28 to 3. We'll go at 27 to 3. <laughs> we'll make it one point less. Uh, I, I personally think this was a game that I didn't think it would be a blowout. I thought Buffalo would win. I think all three of us thought Buffalo would win. Um, this is just a simple case of, in my opinion, the whole team for New England played bad, but at the time, also at the time, Buffalo is just a better team too. Allen played ridiculous. I'm not going to say I'm not going to take away from Josh Allen because he had probably his best game of his career. I would say, in my opinion, I, yeah. I mean, he's had other good games too, but this, in my opinion, given the pressure and the playoffs, in the you know what I mean, like I feel like this is his best game. This more than makes up for the Houston game and his, excuse me, other playoff games. More than makes up for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he definitely answered the critics there. He, he definitely put everybody on notice. Um, uh, when my dad asked me, oh, how well did Josh Allen play? Uh, there's one stat that just jumps out of my mind. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I was like, you can't really screw up when you have more touchdown passes than incompletions. He was 21 of 25 and five touchdowns. He only had four incompletions. So when I said that, you know, that, that, that's just mind boggling. It's been oh, done yeah. before, but no one's thrown for five touchdowns like that. And, and, and that, that few incompletions like Tom Brady's done it where he's had three touchdowns uh, with only two incompletions, but he was 18 of 20. They didn't have to throw it that much. So, um, but like no, it's not like that. Atlanta a while ago too, but that's in good company though. That shows you just how good of a performance Josh Allen had that people by the likes of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have only done it. You know what I mean? Like, that showed you how good of a performance he had. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner is another one. And what I would say to this is, Paul, they had more scoring drives than the Jets had first down the week before. Yep. That should put it in perspective. (laughs) Don't worry, Sleezer. I'm going to dunk on my team in about two minutes. But, you know, um, no, absolutely tremendous performance for the Bills. Um, Obviously, in the other side of the AFC, the Bengals – had kind of a nail biter. That was a really good game versus the uh, Raiders. They were saved by the referees. Who the Raiders? Oh, uh, the Bengals. Yeah, you're talking about, of course, for the people, whistle. Oh, the, the non-whistle whistle, whatever the hell you want to call it. The whistle Raiders game. gave them the play, and they and yeah, the Bengals completed the play, and yeah, whistle well, did game. You see, did you see the news? Whistle game. To blame the referees. I still personally believe the Bengals might have won that game, so I think it would have been tied then, but. 
I will say this. Did you see the news after that, that officiating crew will not be uh, refereeing the rest of the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was like, holy shit. That was like, what, 20 minutes after the game I saw? I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> well, not to be um, – it might sound harsh, uh, but that, that should be the penalty from now on. It uh, when officiating, uh, when, you, when you're that – especially in the postseason, when you, when you blow a call that bad, you know, it, they shouldn't take it personally, uh, maybe to a, to a small degree because, you know, it is your, you know, livelihood and all that stuff, but you got to get right. You well, know, there, there's got to be repercussions from when you blow a play as a referee. Isn't that how baseball is, Sleazer? Whereas if you if you have a bad enough game, don't they basically – I don't want to say don't invite you back, but don't you have like a probation period? I thought baseball was that way too. I don't remember, honestly. I know. Well, I know with uh, Angel Hernandez, why I don't keep inviting him. It's just like football. They um, – because he sued baseball for discrimination because he was like, I want to I want to uh, ump a, a World Series. I've never umped a World Series. And Joe Torre – uh, he's a I forgot what his official title is now with baseball, but came out and just basically said, "You suck." you because you're union, and you know, ba- you know, baseball and all this other stuff. But we, this is how we like Angel. You asked us, we told you, you suck. You blow way too many calls. You get way too many calls wrong. Um, you pick fights with players. You pick fights with managers. That's why we we don't want you representing. Uh, you know, this side of baseball in the World Series. Well, and I think you have a cure in New York for that very reason. They, When in doubt, the NFL should, when in doubt, right, because they have guys in their headset, right, from New York, they should stop the game. You know what I mean? To review something. I will never, as a fan of a game, be upset if they stop something to relook. You know what I mean? Like, even if it kills the momentum, I'd rather they do that and get it right. You know what I mean? Versus something that could alter the state of a game. Especially with gambling now. Yeah, point, yeah. Total uh, the little asterisk out there. I still think Cincinnati would have won. It was like first and goal or second and goal on that play. But you got to get that play right. You, you, and the rule book is if there's a uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. But if there's a whistle, uh, an inverted whistle during the play that wasn't supposed to happen, um, it you just replay the down. Nothing happens. It doesn't. You know, you don't lose it down. No one gets penalized. There's no moving of the ball. Yeah, just it's like I've, I've actually seen games like that where they've replayed it, yeah. uh, replayed it down. I think we all agree. I think the Bengals still, they definitely deserve to win. And I want to give a shout out to their fan base because this is their first playoff win in 31 years. So yeah. I give a lot of shout out. I'm very yeah. happy the fans. They deserve it. They're obviously Joe Burrow's playing at a high level too, but that team deserves the win. I mean, Bengals were the better team. Yeah. Um, so that keeps along on the AFC boys. And then the NFC, obviously, speaking of bad refereeing, we had the Cowboy game where there was trash being thrown and all that fun stuff at the end uh, where the 49ers put a thumping down. And then obviously – The refs got that play, the last play, right? They, you know, the, that's the rule. The line judge is supposed to touch the ball. Well, and that was the Cowboys' fault. And, you know, well, the Cowboys' fault too. I also blame the Cowboys for why are you running a quarterback draw when you have 18 seconds left? And no exactly. Time. And if you – that was the correct play – Mike McCarthy didn't coach Dak Prescott correctly because instead of handing the ball to his center, he should have handed it to the ump back, the line back, uh, the line judge, yeah, somebody who's running up so they can place the ball. It, by by rule, the, the ball has to be spotted by one of the umpires. And nobody was happier about the Rams blowing out the uh, what's it called, the Cardinals, the Matt Sleazer over there. <laughs> <laughs> the Rams. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very happy about that one. Matt did call that game by a mile. 
Um, I liked overall, I liked opening week. I was not ready to disappointments. Like, and I want to issue a formal, this is the first actually, by the way, cause I was right on some moments, but we're going to get into more moments where I was right. But I am officially revoking my one statement. I am going to agree with Matt Sleazer and say, I reversed my decision. Dak Prescott ain't never making it to a Super Bowl. Like, nope. Matt Can't was right. Under pressure. He's done. He's not making it. Not what that team is about as good as it gets. This was their year to make it. I think uh, they're not making it. Like, nope. Cowboys, you're done. I like, I'll play the sad music for you. I know Stephen A. Smith on first take was making fun of them. They're done. <laughs> like, I'm not overreacting. I just don't think with that team, they're going to do it because they're going to start get, their coaching staff is going to be gutted. We're going to be getting into that in a minute. This was their chance to do it. And even if they had another year or two, they haven't even shown to make a deep playoff run. So I have no faith in that team. But Speaking of which, we're going to get into it, though, guys. Who do you have? How far do the Bills go? Who do you guys have right now as your current Super Bowl pick? Who? What two teams do you think? Not what do you want, but what two teams right now do you think will be in the Super Bowl in a few weeks? I got a horse in the race. How do you want me to answer this? Yeah, you're a little biased. Um, I have an answer. <laughs> you want me to give you two picks? Uh because I, I, to be fair, I'm trying to think with clarity, and it's kind of hard right now, uh, especially with the performance. That my objective data to this is to look at the performance they they showed Saturday night. Um, so uh, I, I gotta go with the Bills, but there might be, you know, your fan, you know, some of your listeners might think that I'm a little biased. So you know, the representative Bills fan here, the diehard Bills fan. Because no, the AFC well, I bet they pick anybody right now in terms of. I don't think that's too biased, especially when people hear my pick. But who do you have on the NFC side? I still like uh, uh, now Dallas Cowboys are out. Um, I, I think they could do it. Um, I saw Tampa Bay play. Uh, they had some injuries. They were a little off. Uh, I got to go with the number one seed, the Packers. So I got Bill's Packers. So that's the same pick I picked last year. So my 2020 pick is going to come true in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Just a year late. Uh, Sleezer, who do you got? You're the one who actually has been good at betting these lately. So I actually had the same uh, reason why is I think the Bills will beat the Chiefs because one, yes, Chiefs had a high scoring game just like the Bills, but they also played the Steelers. So let's oh, the Steelers! Steelers, you mean with their quarterback? Look, got a bag of potatoes out there, a bag oh, of onions yeah. trying to run around. He he retired before the game, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, my God, his footwork was so bad. You and I could the quarterback better than him. That was horrible to watch. That was a boring game. I'm so glad Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Pittsburgh. Look at the bag of onions running around on the field. I also think after last year, the Bills have a vengeance for this game, and you're going to see Josh Allen ball out again. Yeah, it's not going to be the exact stat line that he had against the Patriots, but this is probably going to be the two most consistent weeks of good play that you're going to see out of the Bills this year because, as we all know, they've been pretty inconsistent. But you will see consistency um, this game because they are going to go hard after the Chiefs, and I think – there's not a player on the Bills team who isn't going to be studying film night and day this week and and, and doing everything they can to make sure that, that this is a win. So I, I, I just, all indications uh, yeah, they're dialed in. Yeah. So My and, 
And then I think, yeah, they'll probably play the Titans the week after, and they're not going to let the Titans beat them twice in a year. They're just not. Um, the Titans scare me, and that's my one caveat. And this is where I went on a rant to the point where my dad was like, okay, Jeff, you're getting a little too – and I'm not a Bills fan. People know I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm bracing you guys right now for this. Like, And I'm, I'll give my pick after Sleezer. I just want to interject really quick, Matt, before you give your thought on the Packers. The Tennessee Titans, Paul, if you think – the Tampa Bay game was called poorly. Wait until you go to Tennessee. They're going to look – Stephon Diggs is going to look like a sled dog with how much jackrabbit holds. Like, that team gets away with murder at home, the Tennessee Titans. They literally mug – because I witnessed it firsthand two weeks ago with my Dolphins. They threw Devontae Parker to the ground every two seconds. Then they get away with it. So, I'm not saying the Bills can't do it. But they have been struggling against Tennessee Titans with a healthy Henry. I hope the Bills, you know what I mean? Like, the Bills could do it. I'm just saying that they're going to have to overcome the refs, too. I'm just giving Bills fans a warning if they play the Titans. Yeah. The only hope is it's a national game, so maybe the refereeing crew will be different. But I know they've been letting Jack Rabbit get away with murder back there. <laughs> Jack Rabbit Jenkins? Grabbing back pads, like, you know, like grabbing the jerseys and holding on while his feet slide in the dirt like a dog. You know what I mean? Like a sled dog. Like he's so. If I was the Bills, the first play of the game, I'm throwing a 30 yard pass right at him and force him to throw that flag. (laughs) But sorry, Caesar, keep going though. Go with that. Uh, uh, NFC, I think we're, I think people are going to be shocked. I've got the Rams beating the Bucks. Um, So do I. Everybody wants to see a Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers NFC championship game. And I think Matt Stafford is coming back for a vengeance for all the years that the Packers demolished the Lions. And I think Matt Stafford wants to play Aaron Rodgers in that NFC title game. So I think you're going to see Matt Stafford slinging almost 400 yards like the good old days to both Odell and to Cooper cup and with cam Akers back. I just think that you're going to see Tom Brady breaking a whole row of tablets that game. (laughs) Um, You'll get fined now for doing that. Oh, I know. Tom won't, but everybody else will. Aaron Rodgers and Devante or the, the the team are just going to kill the Rams. Brady won't get a fine for that, Paul, because not only did he break a tablet in that game, he told Dennis Allen to go fuck himself, and he still didn't get fined. So Tom Brady's immune from those fines, unless it's for deflating footballs. That's it. But, no, that's a good analysis, Leezer. I actually – my question is I'm going to be – I'm going to channel my – since Paul likes his, uh, his Fox Sports over there, do you guys want me to be Colin Cowherd, or do you guys want me to actually be legit with who I think? Legit. Because Paul knows the Colin Cowherd, for those who don't know what it is, is at August when Paul and I did a prediction for the season, or I did, or whoever did, I said way long ago in the bowels of training camp that it would be the Rams and the Chiefs, right? And the Colin Cowherd move would be to pick two different teams on purpose because then I have 50% odds of being right. Because then I could say, well, you know, my two teams I picked in August are right, and you always go with your gut, folks, when it comes to eating food or some stupid analogy he'll use. And I could <laughs> but I'm not. 
I am also, and this is why, Paul, I know you're not biased. I also have the Packers and the Bills. So we have three of us have the same two teams. I think on the Packers side, I agree 100% with Matt. The Rams, the Tampa Bay, Tom Brady probably smashed a tablet sleezer when he saw the Rams win because the Rams are the one team that could beat him. Yep. They have beat him before. The Buccaneers right now are devastated with injuries. They have both two of their three running backs are out. Chris Godwin is out. Antonio Brown pieced. They have Mike Evans. Their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, might be out. And the, the Rams get pressure up the middle, which is how you get to Brady. It's not pressure from your ends. It's pressure up the middle. And the Buccaneers' defense is very good, but they struggle against the pass mightily. They want you to try to run the ball on them. And Matt Stafford is not afraid to throw YOLOs out there. Stafford is going to pick that secondary apart. I agree with Matt. I would not be surprised if he has a 400-yard game. Not in the slightest. And they have Cam Akers back, who actually looked pretty good for coming off a torn Achilles, if I do say so myself. Like, not that I know what a torn Achilles feels like, but the fact that he's playing in a playoff game is just absolutely a miracle. I think we're going to get a, uh, a Packers uh, – I think we're going to pack in your uh, pack in your Jesus, a Packers uh, Rams game. And I do think the Packers will pull it off this time and end up getting there. Uh, I think the Packers are just the most complete team. Now on the AFC side, I agree with Matt and Paul. I think the bills will take care of business versus the chiefs. The matchup I am scared to death of is the Titans, but I think the, I think the Bengals can pull the upset. I think the Bengals can beat them. And I think it'll be a Bills uh, Bengals game in Buffalo again. It would be in Buffalo, wouldn't it, Paul? If they play the Bengals, yep, yeah, it'll be in Buffalo. Yep. So I think it'll be Bills, but uh, Bills uh, Bengals, and I think the Bills win and get in, and then they play the Packers. So, and I think the Bills are just rolling right now. I know, like Sleazer said, they've been inconsistent, but like Paul said, I think they're on a revenge tour right now. I think Allen's playing at an all-time high level. Even without Tredavious White, their defense is pretty well balanced. The only thing they struggle against is stopping the run. But most of the teams I think they can handle, except for the Titans. But who knows what the Titans, what they're going to get, because Tannehill, I have no faith in Ryan Tannehill. Like, he beat Miami by throwing the ball 12 times. I don't think he will against Buffalo. Like, that's just my opinion. But, you know, I think the NFC teams are really legit, though. Like I said, all four of those teams are superstar teams left. And here's a caveat, Sleazer, making fun of my Dolphins. Miami might end up having the 31st or 32nd pick in the fucking draft, and that's the only time they'll have a pick that high is when it's not theirs. Because there's no hell they're making a Super Bowl anytime soon. Because for those who don't know, Miami has San Francisco's pick, and San Francisco just keeps fucking winning. (laughs) It's okay. They'll use that pick on a running back finally or something. But so y'all, those are so it looks like all three of us are in unison. We all another have tight end, or a tight end, <laughs> or a corner. You know, we'll have five corners, and then Xavier Howard. I want another pay raise because he feels dis- uh He feels hurt after we gave took another corner in the first. But no, that'll be. I think that's funny. All three of us have the same three teams. So see, Paul, you're not being a homer. That's when you know it's a cold day in hell is when a Jets fan and a Dolphins fan pick the Bills to be in the Super Bowl. Are you going to – would you guys go as far as to say the game this weekend, whoever wins this, Bills or – Tennessee Titans, Bills or Chiefs, 
is most likely going to represent the AFC side. Like this is kind of like yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, Jeff, to kind of steer us a little bit, but uh, real quick, I just want to know your just a simple yes or no. Do you feel like this is uh, anticlimactic? Like we should have the Chiefs Bills meet in the AFC Championship again? Like this is just like a little like we're reaching the pinnacle of the AFC top best teams a little early. Yes, I think we are. I I would be more excited if this game was the. You know what I mean? I agree. I think the Chiefs, Bills, whoever wins this is going to the Super Bowl. That, you know, that that the only way they don't make it to the Super Bowl is, is it's a trap game the following week. Yeah, that would be the only way. And I don't think either team in a playoffs would treat it like a trap game and take it lightly. The Chiefs have already shown they can beat the Titans. I think the Chiefs would beat the Titans. Um, I think. And if the Bills didn't slip on that, that fourth and one. Well, so. Oh, even though Henry's back, is Henry going to be right, if that makes sense? You know what I mean? Is he going to be up to speed? Because they've taken a couple weeks off, and I still don't trust that offense for Tennessee, and their defense isn't quite as good as it was a year ago. But, and the Chiefs and Bills' uh, defense are playing a lot better, especially stopping the run. Absolutely, both, especially the Chiefs, too. Like you said, their, def- their offense isn't quite right for Kansas City, but their defense is playing phenomenally better this year than they were last year. Night and day difference. But, no, that's a good uh, caveat. Like, so we have Bills, Packers. It'll be fun. Hopefully Rodgers doesn't hold out for COVID like he's threatening to do. I think he's just full of shit. And, we're, and watch, we're all, go, we're all wrong. It's going to be 49ers, Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> that was a recap of one Super Bowl, wasn't it? Wasn't that one of the 49ers? No, they played each other twice. They played each other uh, first time in 81, 80. In Detroit at the Pontiac Dome, and then they played each other again in '88 in Miami, I believe. They replayed each other uh, seven years later, or whatever, or eight years later. Jesus! Now the teams of the longest losing playoff streaks are the Dolphins, and I forgot the other team is the Browns. Somebody was up there too with Miami. I think it was 25 years for Miami. Um, I know who's uh, the next team on the list without a win. Uh, it's the Detroit Lions without a playoff win. Oh, that's true. I think, yeah, they're up there. Last too. time they won a playoff game was in 92 when they upset at the Cowboys. So they might be number one then. Now that's what it is. It's the Lions, Dolphins, and then um, not the Browns because they won a playoff game recently. But you're right, Paul. Yeah, it's it's Lions and then Dolphins. I, no, here, let me look at I don't think the Dolphins are on that list. I thought it was. Because Miami hasn't won a playoff game since 2000 and, Jesus, two, 2001. It's been 20 years, I think, for Miami. Oh, Drow in general is – sorry, uh, Matt – is the New York Jets at 11 years. Last time he went to the playoffs was 2011. Then the Denver Broncos. No, I'm talking about playoff win, though, because the Jets had more playoffs. Yeah, I'm trying to find that. I just saw this stat. I just wanted to read this off. Last time the Dolphins went to the playoffs was 2017, so it's five years. Um, I'm trying to find wins. I don't. I know the longest droughts. The New York Buffalo Bills don't own this. The New Orleans Saints actually have the longest uh, drought between appearances or ever appearing. Twenty seasons. They started their. Uh, um, they started the. Um, Playing in 67. They didn't go to their first playoff game until 87. And the Cleveland Browns, Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles, and New York Giants 
all with a playoff drought of 17 years. Um, don't see the Dolphins on this list. Let me see wins. So it's going to be a long stretch. It's kind of even harder in today's NFL with there being seven playoff spots now, too. So that's opened it up even more for teams. And if you fail long-term in the NFL, it's on you, not on the NFL, because the league is set up for you to succeed in terms of if you're bad. Yeah. Jeff, I am – sorry to interrupt. You are right. Uh, Detroit Lions at 30 years, Miami Dolphins at 21, and then the Vegas Raiders at 18. Okay, so that's where I said – okay. I know Miami was second. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but, yeah, you are right. Hey, the Lions don't look like they're anywhere near it, too. So Lions and Dolphin fans can sit in misery for more. We can sit and enjoy playoff losses. Hey, even if the uh, Detroit Lions make it next year and win a playoff game, you still have – the Dolphins still have nine more seasons until they even tie the record. <laughs> the way they're going, it might not be – I might be dead before they could have a playoff win. But So, speaking of teams that are bad or in the gutter or wherever, uh, open head coaching jobs, gentlemen. So, currently there are eight coaching openings as of recording this podcast. Who the hell knows if somebody else gets let go? I feel like it changes every day. Currently, it is the Jacksonville Jaguars, Denver Broncos, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears, Miami Dolphins, New York Giants, Houston Texans, Vegas Raiders, and that was it. So we're going to go team by team. I want you guys to list. If you have a favorite, you could list it. But two or three candidates you are hearing for that team or you think will go. You know what I mean? And like I said, there's two or three teams I'm really confident on, but there's like two or three teams where I'm going to defer to Matt or Paul because I have no fucking clue. Like, oh, dear God. But <laughs> <laughs> Jesus take the wheel. It might be a Kingsbury type hire where they hire somebody in college, a position coach, and you're like, huh? Like, I have no clue what they're picking. But I'll start off first and then I'll pass it around. We'll start with the team because I feel very confident on this one. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, Urban Sticky Meyer Fingers, you know, or Sticky Fingers Meyer, whatever you want to call him, was let go um, earlier in the year on December 16th. Daryl Bevel is their interim coach. They finished 3-14, and 14, obviously having the upset at the end of the year to knock the Colts out of the playoffs. They do have Trevor Lawrence coming back. He played his best game of the year. Rest of the year, not so much. But um, they are getting first-round pick Travis Etienne back. I have it between two gentlemen, and you guys can tell me what other candidates you want to what other candidates you see as well. Cause I know you guys are much more, especially Paul being Carolina. He hears a lot of other teams and I know sleaze are a couple of these other teams, your brother's a fan of. So you might hear more than I do, but for Jacksonville, I'm hearing it's either Byron Leftwich or uh, Jim Caldwell and Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has ties to Jacksonville as a former player and he would be a perfect uh, combination to build up Trevor Lawrence and then Jim Caldwell for being the opposite of an Urban Meyer, a seasoned guy, but one that's been in the league, one that's not going to ruffle feathers, one that's proven for building staffs, whether he did it with Indianapolis or he did it in Detroit. He has a Rolodex of coaches he can pull in. So those are the two that I have for Jacksonville. I usually would list three, but in this case, I think it's one or the other. Um. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it's going to be Byron Leftwich. Um, I Why unfortunate? I think he's overhyped um, because his the quarterback he 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 has at his disposal is Tom Brady. I so I, he's the new Adam Gates. Like, oh look at him, he's got to be exactly. good. Exactly. 
I don't think Byron Le- Leftwich is that good of a head coach. I honestly think Tom Brady is coaching Byron Leftwich. <laughs> because he played for the Jaguars, I agree that I think he is probably the number one choice. I think a dark horse is the other side of the football for the Bucks is Todd Bowles. Uh, reason why I know Bowles is not an offensive guy. He's a defensive guy. But look at how the Jaguars were with a terrible quarterback and a good defense back when they made the playoffs. They now have a good quarterback. If you bring in Todd Bowles to build up that defense again, they could possibly start getting back into the playoffs with a strong defense and, and, and Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. My question to the first coaching candidate would be this. You know how you have to interview process? What do you do when your kicker is struggling? And if the answer is kick the kicker, you don't hire that coach. <laughs> that would be my resolution. What about slap the kicker? <laughs> um, I agree would with you that. you kick him? No, I would slap him. <laughs> the one thing that people will push back, and overall, Sleezer, I agree with you. I agree with you in a different way, though. I ultimately agree. I'm not a fan of Leftwich either. People will point to and say that he had a top 10 offense with famous Jameis Winston, not just Brady. But – my pushback is this, and I think he, I think he's still green. He needs the a few more years of experience. My pushback is Bruce Arians is an offensive coach who is head coach, so I can make the argument. It's one, yes, it's Brady, and two, it's also Arians. You know what I mean? So there's two tiers before it gets to Leftwich. Like I just, there's a difference between coaching two veteran quarterbacks and coaching a rookie and Trevor Lawrence. So I agree with you, Matt. I would stay away from Leftwich too, but I think that's who they're going to go with as well. Uh, Paul, is there any name that you wanted to add to that list, or do you agree mostly with us? Man, we are all agreeing tonight. I think, it, like you said, it's just down to two candidates. I totally agree that's probably going to be Brian Leftwich. I totally agree with that. I think you're being over his head and that people are overlooking that. He's coaching the greatest quarterback right now. And then on top of that, I go even further and agree with you that um, it literally goes Tom Brady um, and then um, – Risk it for the biscuit. What's his name? We just I see his face right now. You guys just said his name. I'm having a map. Uh, yep. Yep. Arians and uh, Bruce Arians. And then it goes to the left witch. So um, if I was Shaka Khan there or, you know, Khan, the owner of the Jaguars, uh, I would ask him the question. <laughs> I'd have to ask him the question, who would you bring in as your offense coordinator and defense coordinator? That might be the only reason I would be steered away from that. And who knows what Brian Leftwich will say? Who knows what Brian Leftwich would uh, uh, could be able to entice to come with him? And that might be the only reason why he might go with Jim Caldwell because, like you said earlier, Jeff, uh, he has a Rolodex. He's been so you know he's been in the league for so long. He's got a Rolodex name he can call on, and that might be you know, like you said, he's more stable. He's more uh, even keeled, and he's a Rolodex of coaches and position coaches and quality control coaches that he can call upon. And that might be the only reason why uh, he might, you know, all right, I'm going to go the less sexy and flashy appeal, you know, and go with it, you know, a proven commodity. Um, I, but I think, I think Brian Leftwich is, uh, if I had to do a percentage, I think Brian Leftwich is like got 60% of my, my vote that he will actually be the head coach. I just don't know how you go from an Urban Meyer building a new practice facility and all of this excitement around a a transformational quarterback to Jim Caldwell. 
for me, it just feels like you're setting yourself up for excitement and then you're bringing in Jim Caldwell. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the flashiest, but I think in like – I think Jim Caldwell can win more. He can win. Sorry. He can too, out but just from what we've seen from the Jaguars, I think they're going for the sexy. Oh, yeah, they're going for sexy. Yeah. I think I just said, like Paul and I said, we agree, both of us, that Caldwell's not sexy, but I would go with Caldwell for the sake of he wins. He wins and he would have a stab. And, yes, he's 66 years old, but coaches are coaching in their 70s now. And, two, Caldwell will have a staff in place. You know what I mean? Everywhere he's been, he's built up good staffs. So, right. I, would, I agree teams. with the fences. I think their number one pick would be Bluffwich. I, If it was me, I would go with Caldwell. And I think Paul's the same boat as me. Yeah. But um, to steal a word of another uh, commentator, dysfunctional teams do do dysfunctional things. And this is just showing that, you know, they're going to do something dysfunctional. It makes no sense. You know, you went from the circus of Urban Meyer to an unproven commodity. It just does. That's my biggest thing. That'd be if I was the owner of the Jags, that'd be my most glaring thing is let's go the opposite direction. Let's get stability. Let's get, you know, someone you're not going to see in the news kicking people and having, you know, 24-year-old lap, you know, giving them lap dances and stuff and and traveling with a team. And, you know, he's going to say all the right things. He's not going to interject any controversy. You know, what did he mean by that? He's not going to bring in Tim Tebow to try to play tight end. Um, you know, that it just makes so much sense to have uh, Conwell just from – not even from the coaching or the X's and O's stuff that we wouldn't really see. It just makes so much more sense. Uh, not to say that Brian Leftwich can't do it or doesn't have the ability, but he has no track record. He has no history. What's on his resume? I coached Tom Brady. Well, you and I could look great coaching Tom Brady. Yep. Welcome well, to the Adam Gase feature. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Please or the uh, um, Daniels, um, Chase McDaniels there in the, with the Patriots. Oh, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Josh. Sorry. Sorry. Not Chase. Yep. You're right. Josh McDaniels. And before we get into the other team, a quick statement. I, I remember, and I remember he passed away, the coach recently who said it. My dad told me his name. And I have no idea who's going to be good or not. I usually am good about, usually with coaching searches, there's like one or two names I'll say, please, God, no. Right. Like last year, all three of us like, God, no to Urban Meyer. And we might not be right on the other ones, but usually we're right on the, oh, God, no. Because we don't know what staff they're going to bring, right? We don't know who's going to interview well. And the coach I'm thinking of is saying, if you listen to the media long enough, you end up sitting with them. And the media flip-flops so frequently. That's why – and I know teams are scared of if it's going to be perceived as sexy, like Matt was saying, with this, and Paul was dysfunctional. They want sexy to appeal to media. You pick the coach that's going to help you win and build a Rolodex. And that's not always sexy, but it's what leads to wins. Look at the teams that have won Super Bowls. Their staffs were loaded when you pull it up. But I want to get into the next team here. And, uh, Paul, we're going to start with you this time because I'm going to save the third team for Sleazer to go first. I only have, like, two player coaches on this one as well because I feel very confident who's number one candidate on their list is the Denver Broncos. They just fired former coach Vic Fangio. They went 7-10. and 10. Um, if you want me to re- let rattle off who they've reviewed interview or had interview requests for, let me know. I have that list on standby, but if Can you, you re- give me that list one more time, you want the list, you want me to read you the list or the team? Yeah. Uh, the list, uh, who might yeah. be the head coach of the you Broncos order of interviewing. They have brought in officially for interview requests, Gerard Mayo, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel mm-hmm. Hackett, Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy, Jonathan Gannon, Kevin O'Connell, Luke Getze. 
Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. They're going to go defensive. Uh, Dan Quinn's stable. Uh, I remember that. I was hearing that. Um, I heard rumors that he was Zoom calling with them uh, before the Dallas Cowboys game. Getting back to that a little bit. Um, you know, Dallas Cowboys fans should be also mad, not just at uh, – um, the head coach there, uh, yeah, but they should also be mad at the defensive coordinator because that, that defensive performance was pitiful. They didn't get off the bus or get out of their cars or whatever way they traveled to the uh, uh, Dallas stadium. Um, I really think Dan Quinn was already moving on. Um, I, I, I think Dan Quinn. Well, I agree 100%. That was my one candidate. Everybody on Twitter is saying Dan Quinn basically has that job, that it's like the worst kept secret. Yeah, um, and also all the possible coaches out there, I think Dan Quinn is probably I won't I won't say he's the best coach available, but he's definitely freaking up there. Um, um, he, he definitely yeah. Um, he's turned uh, chicken you know what into chicken salad before with Atlanta uh, Falcons, and this team's way more loaded. Um, you just need a quarterback. Like there really is nothing wrong there with that team. Um, I was actually uh, a little side note. I was actually kind of surprised that Vic Fangio got let go. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think he was head coaching material, but like, they're just one piece away. He was so, a resume to Brian Flores, like in terms of uh, defense, like numbers. But even Fangio had an even better defense than Flores. That Fangio, I think, had a number nine overall defense this year with all those injuries. You're absolutely right. They couldn't score points. They had uh, what was it? They had a bottom five offense. They had they were calling Matt Sleazer to play quarterback by the end of it. How many quarterbacks yeah. were going through? Yeah, because I told him I was too busy that weekend. <laughs> uh, I agree um, with you, Paul. My number one is Dan Quinn. If they somehow fail on Dan Quinn or he gets promoted or something, like some random shit happens, I think they're backed up with beating Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator of the Packers. I think that would be a dreadful hire, but I think that's, that's a, a horrible hire. I don't know how he's even offensive coordinator anywhere around the league. Buffalo, Paul knows him firsthand. <laughs> Hack it, can't hack it. You know, that's why, yeah. No, he, I'm just saying that's their backup, I think. But Dan Quinn is who I believe they're hiring as well. Uh, Sleezer, do you agree or is there another name you're hearing as well that you want to just throw in? You know what I mean? Even if you don't think it's it, is there another name you're thinking too that we're, that we're missing? Yeah, so Dan Quinn, obviously. I think Eric Bianemi. That's a good one. You know, rival. I, well, I think a big portion of this is that with, with Elway and and just everything that's going on there and how he's just been terrible at drafting quarterbacks and with what Eric has done with the offense with the Chiefs and helping Mahomes develop and even before that with, with Alex Smith being there, I just – I see him coming in there purely because Elway and company want to bring in a coach to finally find their quarterback of the future because they have been struggling for years trying to find the answer. And I think if it isn't Dan Quinn, they're going to want an offensive guy. And yeah. I, I mean, personally, I get the Dan Quinn hire. I, I personally think it's a mistake purely Again, because they've been looking for an offense and a quarterback of the future for years, and they've got a good receiving core. Bringing a guy who knows how to develop a quarterback and knows some of the traits he's looking for and finally get that offense moving. 
I think uh, Paul said it. I think the reason I agree with you, Sleezer, from the concern is the also his in-game decision can be a little boneheaded at times uh, for Dan Quinn. But I think the reason yeah. he's so enamored with him is his coaching staff because in Atlanta he had a loading staff, loaded staff with uh, Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. And then when Shanahan left, he had Steve Sarkeesian. So he's yep. been able to pull that Rolodex. Now, he won't be able to get either of those two guys since they're both head coaches. Sarkeesian at the college level, right? He ain't going to go to be an offensive coordinator, but – yeah, your, your question is right, and I think Paul hit on it too. Both of you are right. You got it. Denver has been whiffing at this position like forever. It feels like they need to get that quarterback right. Uh, Jeff, can I have ten seconds? Yeah, go for it. Before we move on, uh, to- I also agree with Nathaniel Hackett. But we bring up this dimension: if Nathaniel Hackett goes to Denver, uh, I could, I would put money down that Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver next year. Oh, you know why? I'm glad you brought that up. That might be the only reason why they bring in Hackett is to entice. That might be one of the reasons bringing Nathaniel Hackett so we can, you know, entice uh, Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver because I heard they get along great. I'm glad you brought that up, buddy, because that was the reason I was going to say Hackett too. Even though I don't like to hire, it would be to appeal because they want one of the big three quarterbacks, and we all know who the big three are. So, um, Sleazer, you lead off with this one because I have no fucking clue. And this is your brother's team because I think until they hire the GM, I have no clue. I could give you the list of candidates if you want to help. Cause right now this is a blind dart. You could tell me they're going to hire like your brother as a coach. And I would not. Nope. This is actually an easy pick. Okay. Who are they picking? Sleazy? I have no idea. This is the Minnesota Vikings, by the way, folks, they fired Mike Zimmer. Who's been there forever. Uh, they were eight and nine, right? They just missed the playoffs. This was a case of, you know, it just grew stale. Everybody likes Zimmer as a coach. He was 72, 56 and one. He made three trips to the postseason, 2015, 2017, 2019, with two playoff wins. But it's just one of those, just like Andy Reid in Philly, I feel like he just burned it out. So, Matt, I set up the floor for you. Who do you think? So I'm deferring to you all the way on this one, buddy, because I have no fucking clue. So, Mike Zimmer's old. He likes his defense, even though they didn't do well, even though his best players on the team were offensive players. <laughs> They're getting an offensive-minded coach in there next year you know who's gonna be with the minnesota vikings kellen moore oh and they did review interview that's a good one that kellen is a, that's moore number two on this list to try and fix kirk cousins and if kirk cousins doesn't work out kellen moore is going to find a quarterback he's going to tailor the off delvin cook and make sure that this quarterback doesn't throw interceptions <laughs> they are that and you made up a good point because they are loaded with like you said dalvin cook adam thielen excuse me Justin jefferson, jefferson they, they they are going offensive all day long because they've got the pieces so just make it work now the and if cousins doesn't work you have the offensive mind to make the quarterback decision moving right. forward you trust the reason them. it hasn't worked is because they've had a defensive-minded coach who couldn't fix his own freaking defense. So let's bring in an <laughs> offensive coach when you've got the pieces and make it work. It's Kellen Moore. I'm not going to argue that one. Do you have any argument, Paul? <laughs> no, actually, he made me more sold because I was in the same boat. I was like, uh, whoever they hire is GM first because I can't believe they clean house. But it shows what a functional team will do. They realize, wow, this thing stinks, even though we've been – you know, uh, right around 500 every year for the last uh, seven seasons. Um, but I agree. Uh, one caveat I will give, this is a quarterback-driven league. So that's why I defer to Matt's answer. 
it's a quarterback-driven league, offensive-driven league. You need an offensive-minded coach. There's only a few coaches out there that have a defensive background that are actually making it as a, a, a head coach. And I think they might have just fallen out and uh, or they got in the head with a lucky shoe horse. Uh, horseshoe, I mean. <laughs> shoe horse. Lucky shoe horse. A little dyslexic there. Sorry, guys. Um, and that guy is Sean McDermott. the first one that comes to mind. You know, with, with landing Josh Allen there. Um, and because when you when I, when I say actually Sean McDermott, a little side thing here, uh, do you think of an amazing defense? No, you think of that offense still. When I say Buffalo Bills, you don't think like, wow, that's a great defense. You're like, wow, look at Josh Allen. He just threw for five touchdowns last night. Uh, I agree with you. I think so. So, Kellen Moore, definitely for the for the Vikings. That sounds – you sold me. If you were a campaign uh, – if, if you were pitching me a candidate to vote for, Matt – yeah, me soul. You have my vote. <laughs> it's like that's what happens. I tell people all the time. It's so undervalued because people, most of us, just watch. Like we can, only, we don't watch everything, right? We try to, but we can't. When you have a sibling who's a, a team, you indirectly get absorbed by it. Because I'm sure Sleazer has heard, even though Matt does watch the Vikings, he has probably heard his brother bitching about this, and his brother is probably more plugged into the fan base there of what the fuck they're hearing. You know what I mean? For the local beat reporters, and I'm going to defer to that too. It makes too much sense. You know what I mean? In a good way. I mean, like, I agree 100% with that pick. I'm not going to argue or even throw another candidate. I'm just like, good enough for me, Kellen Moore. Well, there's, yeah, there's, you got my vote. You got my vote. more candidate. The only question I have that, the only little uh, uh, monkey wrench is I heard that uh, the Joneses do not want him gone. You know, they'll they'll pay him. They're, they're going on the same route as Jason Garrett uh, when he was an offensive coordinator before he became head coach because uh, – they, they might have issues with Mike there uh, as their head coach. And there, there's a, there's already this, like, deja vu effect going on. Well, to interject, Paul, I think Sleazer was going to make a point. I think he had an alternate candidate, too, or a plan B, because every team does have a plan B. There's oh, a- I'm sorry. So there's yep. a plan B, but on Very sorry. that, Paul, hey. after this playoff loss, I think Kellen realizes that with all the pieces in place, Cowboys still can't make it work. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's not Woo! him. It's Jerry Jones. So I'm leaving. Oh, then it's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. But in reverse, it's always you. <laughs> exactly. But the other option the Vikings could go is again. We've got the pieces. Sometimes we're in the playoffs. Sometimes we're not. Let's bring in somebody who's been to the playoffs and won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Let's go after Doug Peterson. That's a name that everybody keeps bringing up, too. And he's, you know, he has a Super Bowl win. Yeah, it didn't end on the best of turns. But as Paul would say uh, with the Eagles, they have a very, very, what would you say, Paul, is the word abrasive ownership? Hard to get along with. Actually, he's not even the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. It's Howie Roseman, the GM, who can be very hard on. Yep. So that's what I think that led to that regime change where I think Peterson basically purposely tanked. We all agree. I think Paul, we talked about that last year. Like he purposely blew that game. Everyone's like, Oh, he wants a higher pick. And Paul and I are like, no, I don't think he wants a higher pick. I think he wanted to be fired. I don't think he wanted to be there anymore. No. Yeah. He's, no, you sabotage. He Bill O'Brien himself. Yeah, he wanted- yeah. <laughs> but so Paul, we're going to start with you on this next candidate. Cause we're going to stay in the NFC North here and we're going to get to the Chicago bears. Now they're key. Because they have interviewed Paul. It seems like they've interviewed everybody. I think they called me, but I hung up the phone. Uh, <laughs> they have requested basically the entire Buffalo Bills coaching staff. Basically. Which makes no sense, but okay. <laughs> but 
it's like I, I could read the list to you. They have requested interviews for Leslie Frazier, Brian Dable, Doug Peterson, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Nathaniel Hackett, Matt Eberflus, Brian Flores, Dan Quinn, Jim Caldwell. I think that's all the available coaches out there. <laughs> they want to just pick somebody off the street. <laughs> Throw a dart at the board, buddy. That's one of those picks uh, because they're all over the board. They have defensive-minded coaches. They have offensive-minded coaches. They have the whole coaching staff of the Buffalo Bills on that list. Um, you know, they got everybody. Um, again, if I was a betting man, they're going to pick somebody offensive. Again, I know Matt Nagy was an offensive-minded uh, uh, coach, um, but I think, you know, they want to make sure that Justin uh, – not Justin Herbert – Justin Fields uh, progresses uh, accordingly. Um, he actually showed some spark and some promise. So uh, inside, uh, um, uh, you know, the hot, sexy one is uh, Brian Dables there. Uh, yes, I did hear about that. That's probably who they're leaning towards right now. It's just trying to drive in traffic. Um, the Bills train horn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought that. You think they're going with uh, uh, Les Frazier then? Because he usually plays that on defense. I think he agrees with you. That's why he's doing the Bills horn. Is that what oh, he's agreeing with me. Okay. Yeah, I think the, I think the Bills would be more – if they have to uh, depart with Brian Dables, I think that would be a spot. Uh, I definitely – you know, I don't know what the inner workings are. If they can deny an assistant coach going to a rivalry, uh, you know, team. You know, it happens all the time. You know, um, you know, but I think the Bills would be like, okay, we have to lose them. At least we're not losing to a guy we got to play twice a year. Please, you know, who knows our offensive playbook. Please, are you agreeing that it's an offensive-minded coach and is Dable at the top of your list as well for the Bears? Oh, yeah, it's Dable or Emmy. Yeah, 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 those are my two if I, if I had a choice, if I was able to fit my, my next pick in, yeah. They have Justin Fields. They need somebody who's going to who's gonna... – try and, and make something of Justin Fields as a QB of the future. And the two best offensive-minded guys who, who have that opportunity to do that are Dable. And they need help at running back. They need help at receiver. They got some stuff there, but they don't have an A-lister at any of those positions. I think they like, and I agree with you guys, by the way. I like. I think they do – Dable's mine as well for them, my number one for them. I think Leslie Frazier they like, but the only way they would hire a guy like Frazier is if he has an offensive coordinator up his sleeve that they really like because they have to get the fields right. <laughs> and and for everyone saying that they're going to hire Flores, they will not hire Brian Flores because Brian Flores just burned a bridge with Tua and has shown no – he has gone through three offensive coordinators in three years. You do not want Brian Flores near your court, Justin Fields. Trust me as a Miami Dolphins fan, you do not want Brian Flores near your quarterback. Well, Brian Flores is only going where he has the opportunity to bring in his own quarterback. Correct. That's a good point. They're not going to give up on fields that quickly. Yeah. So I agree. That's why I don't think Flores is the pick. Either. As much as everybody's interviewing, viewing Brian Flores, I see him going back as a defensive coordinator, at least for one year, pulling a Dan Quinn type move. Nope. Like, but we'll get to that, though, because there are I no, you, two teams that stand out to me that I will get to, two teams, but we will get to Really? Them. You guys think that Brian Flores – I don't want to ruin the surprise, but you guys, real quick, yes or no, you think Brian Flores will be a head coach again next year? I don't think he will be this year, but he'll be in the top two for two other teams. So he will fun. next year. Okay. Okay. Uh, I So I'm in the middle with you guys. I don't think – like I don't agree with Steve that he'll be a head coach, but I think he's a top two on two teams list as a spoiler, a top two candidate for two teams. We haven't covered him yet, obviously. Um, 
We'll get to that, though. Speaking of Brian Flores, though, we're going to get to the team that just fired Brian Flores, the team that everybody likes to shovel on. They are not the darlings of the national media. They need to get this next coaching hire right, and that is the Miami Dolphins. They finished 9-8. and eight. They missed the playoffs three years in a row. They decided to maintain general manager Chris Greer. They have publicly declared, even though they said the head coach will make up their decision on the quarterback, they publicly said they are out on Deshaun Watson and that Brian Flores is the bad guy all along. Now, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think Flores wanted Watson, but I don't think – you know what I mean? I think that's a whole organization thing. I think they you, you make that move or you don't. I think, you know, but beyond the point, the Miami Dolphins, I have a list of three candidates. I honestly think it's between two, but there is a third that could surprise. And the way this team hires, I honestly have no fucking clue. Like I said, I have third, which is a wild card, like a prayer and a chuck. So for the Miami Dolphins, they're going to at least, I think, try to make it work with Tua for one year. And if it flails, (laughs) if he flails or if it fails, they have two first round picks in 2023. So they're going to, I believe, go offensive-minded for this head coach because they're going to want to work with Tua. And if it doesn't work with Tua, they want this offensive court uh, coach to make the decision on the next quarterback. And Chris Greer has to get this higher right because if he gets it wrong, they are all going to be fired. Like, they're going to completely clean house. Um, and my top three I have are Brian Dable for the Bills, Mike McDaniel mm-hmm. of the 49ers, and the wild card is Jim Harbaugh. I don't believe they will get Harbaugh for the record but I think that is just the Hail Mary <laughs> grenade. So I think it's Brian Dable. I think Dable's at the top of their list, but I think he might turn them down to go to the Bears. And if that happens, I think 49ers offensive coordinator, a.k.a. the guy that looks like the neighbor that grows weed in his backyard, Mike McDaniel, <laughs> coach. I have none of them. <laughs> Big surprise. Sleazer, if you say Adam Gase, I'm driving over to Buffalo. I'm no, no, no. First off, you're not going to get Brian Dable because there's no chance in hell he's going to stay within the conference when he knows what the Bills have for years. And with some, it's just, he's not going there. (laughs) Um, My number one choice is Doug Peterson. That's a good one. I think the Dolphins have enough players right now before the draft and free agency that, that Dolphins really only need kind of a plug-and-play head coach with a better pedigree than the man that they just got rid of in order to get back into the playoffs. I don't disagree with that. And by the record, I'm trying to be predictive, not correct, because I believe I agree with everything you said, Sleaze. The Dolphin fans, by the way, all want to experience head coach too. Yep. We all have a veteran guy. In terms of a non-experienced head coach, my dark horse is Kevin O'Connell. Okay. The offensive coordinator of the Rams. I think even without Matt Stafford there, still being able to compete. And then I, I just, I think there's an opportunity for the Dolphins to not only make up for Todd Bull or uh, for uh, what's his name there for Flores, but I think they also have an opportunity to make up for bringing in a young offensive minded coach of Adam Gase 
and bring in an offensive-minded young guy who can actually make it work this time. And I think that's Kevin O'Connell. I think um, what Dolphin fans are looking for, and I don't disagree with Peterson, I would actually be very happy with him, by the way, is they better have a plan for when they let go of Flores. You know what I mean? And an experienced guy like Peterson would surely make more sense for why they did what they did. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, because they need somebody who can build an offensive staff. Because yeah, I mean, them. I so know Peterson you, would be a good one. I would like the Peterson hire. I person. know you have more on the pulse of the Dolphins than I could ever have. But I, I, I don't if, know about that when it comes to the draft, though. You definitely must have out in their well, room. <laughs> if, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they got rid of Flores because of his his coaching style per se as much as it was the way he went about everything else from treating his staff to continuously putting down his own quarterback and wanting a different quarterback I I think it wasn't the way that the players played for him I think it was the way that he did the the back office stuff. You're 100% right. That was why. Stephen Ross did come out and say it was not due to his record or results why he was fired. He said right. it was. So I honestly it. don't think they had a plan. I think they just didn't want that drama. They saw the kind of crap that was going on in their own home state with a. Uh, with Urban Meyer. With yeah. Urban Meyer with, with the, the back end stuff of the game. And they were just like, you know what? We don't want that either. Let, let's just start fresh. Well, and I think Sleazer, a good point of this is remember the media criticized them when they did this with Adam Gase and you saw firsthand with Gase, what he did. Yeah. Gase was terrible as a coach too, but the reason the Jets were like, Oh, dear crisis, Gase going to get along with anybody either. Right. Like, constantly fighting on the sidelines with not just players, but with his defensive coordinator. Right. Like, and it's like, you got to be able to play in the sandbox, but you're a hundred percent right. Sleazer. I agree. And I wouldn't be surprised with your picks, by the way, you said. The other coordinators they have brought in officially for interview, and just because Doug Peterson's name on, is not on this list does not mean they won't consider him. Miami has been very secretive with their coaching interviews lately because they don't have to officially announce it if they're not on a team. Only if they're on a team do they have to request it. Right. They requested Dable, McDaniel, Quinn, Vance, Joseph, kill me, for the love of God, fucking kill me. That's the only co- – I, I don't care if they hired the kicker for Buffalo as their coach. I do not want Vance Joseph. You don't want Mr. Gumchewer? <laughs> Mr. Gumshoe, they said he's coming back, Pete Carroll. But Kellen Moore, Leslie Frazier, and the Rams guy. That's no, Vance Joseph, if you watched the game the other night, he, he he was pulling off a Pete Carroll. Oh, my God. And he did not – his defense – you want to talk about a stinker, Paul. Woo! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woo! But, Paul, who do you have for your rival Dolphins? I don't know because you're like the in-between of us. What are you hearing out there in Carolina? Um. I only have a few. Brian Leftwich, I thought, is on that that, that short list. Uh, Josh McDaniels is somehow on that short list from what I've been hearing down here. I don't know why you want to go back to that. You want to go back to the Belichick three. Um, especially uh, Josh McDaniels stop uh, with the Denver Broncos and then backing out with the uh, Indianapolis Colts there. That kind of deters me. Uh, Brian Dables is high on their list. Uh, so what I'm getting at is it's probably going to be offensive-minded coach. Um, I, even Jim Caldwell's on that list. Uh, that's the defensive coordinator I, uh, or defensive-minded coach that I have. Um, but you really can't say he's defensive-minded. He's so just well-rounded. Kellen Moore, if he doesn't go to the Vikings, um, but Sleazer had me sold. You know, he had me lock barrel, uh, lock barrel or lock stock and barrel uh, to the to the Vikings there. Uh, if I can get my words out, 
yeah, yeah. But if somehow he he slips slips up, uh, maybe the Dolphins could peel him away. Uh, but mm, I can see him doing a, a trying to do a splashy, try to steal their cross state rival uh, coordinator there. Uh, try to keep some of that buzz in Florida. Uh, uh, Brian Lethwich has been a Florida guy, played at Jacksonville, coached in Tampa Bay. How about we bring him down to the Dolphins? How about we do the whole trifecta? Have him, you know, play at one uh, one city, coordinate at another city, and head coach the third city. I think the reason they're pushing so hard for Dable is, as everybody's aware, is because he was a coordinator for, with Tua at Alabama. That's why they're pushing so hard for him. But Matt brings up a good point. It wouldn't be that he doesn't go to Miami because of Tua. It would be because of he doesn't want to play Josh Allen twice a year um, in his own division. But like you said, I think that would be there. I think he is number one. Now, if he gets it, I think all three of us agree. I don't think it's likely because I think there's so many other teams interviewing him. And I think he was on the top of list last year. I thought he was who the Chargers were going to hire last year. But um, I agree. I think, I think the Charger fans wish they hired him. I think they do after that game with calling a timeout. <laughs> Instead of playing for the tie, they both end up in the playoffs. But we're going to get to the former. And like I said, I agree with Matt. I think they're going to go with an offensive-minded person as well because they have. Uh, well, both of you have said it because I think they need to get this right. But we're going to stick with Brian Flores here. We're going to go over to one of the teams here, and I have a feeling it's one of the teams Sleazer is going to say, which is the New York Football Giants. Matt. Oh yeah. List. There it is. See, I, I'm, I, see, I know that's what. Yeah, it, <laughs> I knew that's what you're saying. Because I think I'm, like, I'm going to let Sleazer go first. I won't steal his thunder. Go ahead, man. Tell I him why. Tell Paul why this is happening. I know the whole theory. You listed off because you probably heard the same thing I did. Go ahead. Let it roll. Well, I just think Flores is going there because, I mean, if you look at all the teams who have openings and the team who needs a quarterback replacement <laughs> is the Giants. And, I mean, the Giants can bring in um, – uh, Mr. Butt Toucher here <laughs> because they have two Butt Toucher two first round picks in this draft alone. It's a seventh overall, by the way, number five and seven overall. Yeah, I just think they've got the draft capital and the room to make it happen. And then I, I, I just think Brian Flores is going to go there because the Giants are looking at uh, a shiny rear end over here and, and <laughs> saying we, we we have a chance to get them, so let's bring in the coach that can bring them. I agree 100% with you, Matt. That's who I have as one of the two. And I also think they like Dable because they've been interviewing the Bills. Who is it, Paul? Is it your assistant GM they've been interviewing? And they've been, like, calling him, like, every other day, I feel like. Or oh, he- I don't remember his name. Um, I did not know that. It's their because they- I did hear uh, their assistant GM is also getting looked at for a possible head GM position. Yeah, but that's basically – and, Paul, we can give your pushback on it, but that's who I think it, it's between, excuse me, is – I think it's between Brian Dable and Flores, and it's because I think Watson would waive his no-trade clause, not even just because of Flores, but because of the city of New York. I think he would waive it anyway for that. So I think, and they have the capital to make it There's happen. There's a lot of butt, butt people out there in, in oh, New York City, too. A lot, a lot of people will touch uh, – Yeah, there's, there's more massage butt, And he can touch their butt, and they can do all the weird butt stuff together. You can do a lot of things in New York there. And I know people are going to keep saying, well, Carolina. It's like, no, the Giants can outbid them by a mile in terms of draft capital. There's not much. There's not as many butt touchers in Carolina either. No, it's because New York City has the Empire State Building, and it's really pointed. pointed. <laughs> we know who likes pointy things. As you can tell by the way Sleezer's talking, it sounds like Matt's on the same page as me. And my dad is in the same boat as us, by the way, Sleezer. Um, I think it will end in disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With butt touching? But that touching disaster? 
So I think the Giants are going to be stupid for this hire, not just because <laughs> of who it is, but because they're going to go from a Belichick disciple to another Belichick <laughs> disciple. So you're going to try and recreate the wheel. At least this time you're getting a assistant coach who didn't teach punters and kickers how to do their stuff and then expect him <laughs> to teach a quarterback how to do shit. I love this Sleazer rant that Sleazer's getting more. I was expecting me to be this rant. Oh, no, I, no, love no. It. I love it. going to bring in Brian Flores. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, we don't even have a GM. Let, let's just start. Nope, exactly. No GM. GM. So, you're already interviewing some coaches trying to put this shit together when you don't even have a GM there. I bet you probably 75% that the Giants are going to pick somebody either internally or they're going to pick somebody from the... Yep. Then they're bringing in Brian Flores. And then they're going to say, Brian, here's all our picks. Feel free to give every single one that we have in this year, next year, and the following year in order to get Deshaun Watson. Well, we also trade away Saquon Barkley and you have no wide receivers to throw to. Yeah, he might be a hint, hint going to Buffalo. <laughs> and, and and you have fun, and then you two can go into the shower and play with butts. <laughs> How is that? And I know it's because, Paul, and you're more of the rules expert here because you probably read the report. I know Matt has, like I have, where Flores has been in constant communication with them. Isn't that tampering? Or is it because he's not on a team, he's not getting hit with it? He's not on a team. Because not on a team. If, if the coach is not on a team and there's a vacancy on the team, then you can communicate with each other. And um, uh, what do you mean by tampering? Because you can talk to coordinators. Like Brian Dables right now has been talking to a lot of teams, and he's on a team. So uh, oh, tampering between Flores and Watson talking. Yeah, he he's not on a team, so it's not tampering. It's yeah, just but, a buddy talking to a buddy. He doesn't have a job. so. It's but as soon as he's on it, I got you. And that's why he kept it hush-hush. And, Jeff, yeah. teams are deflating footballs out there. There's teams out there you know, uh, videotaping other teams. I shouldn't say teams. It's, it's a team. Um, with the way technology works and all that other stuff, you're damn sure that, you know, guys are, are through various uh, – uh, uh, avenues are communicating with Deshaun Watson. There are GMs and there's coaches. I'm not really talking to Deshaun Watson. I'm talking to his, uh, his cousin there. Yeah. About, you know, what do you, what do you think is, you know, it, it, they're, they're all getting around it. Yeah. It's impossible for the NFL. They're not, you know, they're not the government. They're not the NSA. You got a team that's a hundred million over the cap every year, but somehow never gets charged in the Saints. Uh, I know what you mean. It's, it's the NFL. They kind of have their own little, but so is there, any put before we get into the, I think that was a good bow tie in the Giants, right? Is there any candidate we're missing? I think it's really that because they don't have a GM, and I agree with Matt. I think that's why I let Matt go off the team. Damn, Matt, you are on fire night. You got me. If you, I mean, you could sell ice to an uh, Eskimo right now because you got me sold in the blind Brian Flores. I said about 20 minutes ago, I think Brian Flores is going to be a coordinator again before he's head coach. That makes absolute sense because you know what? I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, but you, you're, you're probably right. You know, I'm going to say it again. Dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. And uh, um, I think they uh, um, might go with Deshaun Watson, which would be dysfunctional because we don't – who knows if he's going to play at all in the next year or two, whatever that is. But I've been hearing strong, strong rumors 
that uh, Russell Wilson wants to get out of Seattle and he wants to go to another big market like New York. And uh, he did it once with Pete Carroll, who's a defensive-minded coach. Carroll Why not again? Time. And Brian Flores likes, you know, proving commodities. I, I, I'm going with the same idea, but a little slight, twi- t- slight twist that he can Russell Wilson. That's a good one. Uh, and Pete Carroll has been informed he is re- he is returning. So that basically means yes. Russell Wilson. So it means Russell Wilson's gone. That's why I meant being strong, my strong indications. And they uh, Russell Wilson laid down the gauntlet. It's me or him. And they're, and they're gonna, like, we're going with him. And they're going to reboot because Sleazer's team has their first-round pick, so they need picks. And teams like the Giants or the Eagles have the capital to give them back picks that they're sorely – because they're going to get at least two ones for Russell Wilson. I think they'll make it three even. But You uh, want another coach that, and I I think Russell, that I've read on? What up? Go ahead. Who, me? Yeah, you. Another coach that I've read a few things on. Well, uh, a coordinator. The Jets needed years ago to energize their football team somehow because they were just, I mean, they're still just dismal and disgusting, but they needed somebody to at least bring some joy to watching football. So who did they hire but sexy Rexy Ryan, right? Yeah. Why not bring another guy with the same type of attitude, same type of swagger, who's on the same team as the same position, Ravens defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale? That's a good one, too. I've heard he's on the move as well. I've heard that yeah. he is, he will not be retained this year, so that's actually a very good dark horse name. I think the Giants are in such a sad little hole. <laughs> and just... Their fans have it worse off than the Jets now. They need excitement. They need something to have fun with. They need to be the Giants again. Let's bring in a coach who can at least make people happy. Let's bring in the Rex Ryan clone of Wink Martindale. (laughs) As you can tell, there's no bitterness between Giants and Jets fans. Right now, from Paul's standpoint, you're both in a hole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're both in the hole of like peasants while the true New York team is winning. The only team in New York. But... Hey, don't put words in my mouth. I can't, <laughs> I can't speak English very well, especially tonight. And, uh, but don't put words in my mouth. Well, we got, <laughs> we got two teams left on the, on the agenda. We got, and I'll take this one and then the Raiders will pass off to you, Paul. The yes. Texans. I was hoping to get the Raiders. <laughs> the Houston Texans, I'll start with this shit show. Speaking of dysfunctional franchises, <laughs> Paul, did we not call David Culley being a one and done? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel bad for that. You are right. He's going to get paid out of the rest of his contract. But, yeah, yeah, we did call it. It just, feel, it just feels weird or surreal that it actually we, – we were right on that one because it just felt bad for the guy. Like, it really wasn't his fault while the team – Doc. The moral of the story is this is what happens when you let a, a minister run your football operations. And it's nothing against religious people. It's what the team minister for the New England Patriots is your head of football operations. That's a problem in Jack Easterby, who has no qualifications to run a football team. But he has him and Nick. Hey, hey, it's giving us a hope. If he can do it, you and I can do it one day. Maybe uh, one of these billionaire football owners will be listening to this podcast. You know what? That Jeff Jackson, he knows what he's talking about. I'm going to make him a GM. Or the, or the Texans are in such a sorry state. They're like, we need Jesus to get wins. So they're just <laughs> – Did you just call yourself Jesus, Jeff? No, I said for the – that's why they wanted Easter be. 
They're like, we need Jesus, or we need to we be- need Jesus on our side to win football games. I guess apparently Jesus is not pre- Presbyterian. I mean, you did have your quarterback get punctured. It just wasn't on his wrist. It wasn't his lung. But <laughs> but the the shitty teams that I keep piling on here for the Texans is they have two candidates in my opinion. Sleazer with a dark horse third one. My number one candidate for them is Gerard Mayo, linebackers coach out of Denver. That's yeah. the hearing. He's the leading candidate. A dark horse is Flores and McDaniels from the Patriots, but I hear it's basically locked up. It's Gerard Mayo. I mean, I could touch why Flores is it. Flores makes sense because of Watson, but I, from everything I've heard, it's Gerard Mayo. Yeah, I agree with Mayo. I don't think Josh McDaniels because I think McDaniels surprisingly is smart enough to realize that, okay, this is – the worst team that I've ever interviewed in all the years that I've had opportunities to interview for. And they still promised me that after Belichick eventually dies because he's not going to retire, I can have his job. So I'm going to stay here still. Um, I think a dark horse for this team is Todd Bowles. Ooh. I think Todd has shown enough with the Bucks after leaving the Jets that he learned his lesson and that he can come back and be a head coach where he has the opportunity to draft a player. Yeah, he drafted um, just – I'm not even going to speak his name um, <laughs> because he's just – he's going to be on the move again and he sucks. Anyways. Um, I you think, must not be named. Yes. I, I, I do agree that the top – guy is Gerard Mayo which is just asinine (laughs) (laughs) because here we go for more of the Belichick tree whatever which doesn't Um, work I don't know why people keep plucking from this well it's because their GM is from the Patriots I don't care if they're if you know they got the minister from the Patriots too but it's like when are people going to realize that this team is just not working from the tree there's so many other flourishing trees in the NFL one of which being the Sean McVay tree right that tree is, blo- is blooming. But I, I think Todd Bowles is an option. And if I had to guess a random third, uh, I don't I don't know if I have a third for them. Uh, <laughs> I, that's why I picked McDaniels. I just threw a dart because I'm like, I have no. You, you know who they could pro- possibly bring in as a, as a weird option is um, – the Vikings head coach, they just let go of. Oh, Zimmer? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I think point. Zimmer has enough that he's shown, and he's a proven commodity in some sense. Like, just give him a fresh start. He's got a winning attitude. We need a coach who's proven, so why not bring him in? Yeah. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts? And if you don't have any thoughts to add to that one, you can go right into the Raiders, but it's all you for the final team. All right, I'll get 30 seconds on the uh, Texans. I like the Gerard Merrill pick uh, right there. My top three, and I got Dark Horse, is Brian Flores and Josh McDaniels, all for the same reasons, the Bill Belichick coaching tree. Uh, ditto to everything he, uh, Matt said about that whole thing. I don't know why, all that other stuff. My Dark Horse is hiring from within, Lovey Smith. Oh. I realized Lovey Smith was a defensive coordinator for the Texans this past year. They just keep it in the house. He's been a head coach before. Um, he, he's on the team. Uh, they need help on defense. 
Uh, that's my dark horse. That's is that the yeah, good for Paul to know the Texans. I forgot he was on their staff. I also have to say I love Mr. Whitebeard. It's the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> he's Better than beard. <laughs> he has a beard now? Yeah, he has a white oh, beard. Oh, yeah, he's got a beautiful oh, yeah. white beard. Magnificent. Man. It's beautiful. <laughs> it puts both of you to shame. <laughs> I can't grow a beard because Lovey Smith stole it all. <laughs> hey, I can grow a beard. I just because of my profession, I can't have a beard right now. <laughs> so, um, all right. So on to the Raiders. I'm yeah. so glad I got the Raiders. I got one pick, and I will fist fight anybody that that wants to argue with me. <laughs> I'm going with the, the big blue out of Michigan. He's no, coming back to the crazy. NFL. Because they're not even retaining uh, uh, Mike Mayock uh, yeah. because of the big brass blue balls that he has. I'm going to Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is going to make his triumphant return. They're going to splash his face all over every billboard. You know, every you know, uh, $25 uh, free bet and fan duel is going to be uh, John or Harbaugh. Um, he's going to be – he's going to be the Los Angeles Raiders next year. You know, it's going to be the the hardball show. I so. be 100%. You can keep going if you want. It's Jim, by the way. But, yes, John Harbaugh is the Baltimore one. But, yes, I agree with Gosh. you. Jim Harbaugh, I believe. You just stole my thunder there, Sush. Uh, you know, damn it. I always get those two confused. But, uh, Jim Harbaugh, you are absolutely right. Uh, John Harbaugh. I agree with you, though, Paul, that Jim Harbaugh. Hey, maybe John Harbaugh is going to make a switch. They didn't make the playoffs this year. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, I'm, like, that good. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe he's like, hey, screw Baltimore. I'm going to go to the Raiders. Uh, Raiders (laughs) are the number one job right now, too. I think Harbaugh, it's Harbaugh, Harbaugh for them as well. Uh, uh, That's why I originally just said Harbaugh, because I was like, I was trying to remember which Harbaugh it is. Why couldn't they have like like one? Why would why couldn't they have like one named Ryan? One you know why are they both Jimmy's? Jim, Jim Harbaugh, Jim or John? The, the, I think the I think the Raiders will take either one, but it's probably gonna be Jim. Uh, he, he he's done at Michigan. Um, I think if things are getting used stale, I think he always leaves before it gets the pressure gets too hard on him. Look at his track record at Stanford. All I remember is him from uh, – I know he's coached before then, but I remember when he was at Stanford, things started turning around. He had Andrew Luck, and next thing you know, he's gone. He's in the NFL. Then he, he goes to the NFL. He's got Alex Smith, and all of a sudden he, he got a, a gift landed in his lap with Kaepernick. Things started turning sour. He took off. He went to Michigan. Uh, it was really rocky in the beginning. I think uh, he. I think he realized after this year, as best he's going to do with the college football uh, playoffs, he's not going to be able to compete with the Georgias, the Clemsons when they get back on board. Definitely not the Alabamas, and then his uh, uh, cross rivals uh, there in the next state in Ohio with Ohio State and all that stuff. So I think they're the Raiders are already positioning themselves. When I realized they let, uh, they were saying that Mike Madoc is not going to be retained. It's definitely going to be not John, but Jim Harbaugh. Sorry for that uh, uh, flub there. I love the rant, though, Paul. I love it. I love the energy because I agree with you 100%. Sleazer, are you willing to John? the death and say it? With John or Jim? Which one do you like? I... <laughs> which, one, which one do you agree with? My, my Jim Harbaugh rant or my John Harbaugh rant? I'm going to say yes. And it could be Colin Cowherd and say yes. And you say to which one? I'm going to say yes. I'm not going to say yes. <laughs> 
So <laughs> Paul's ready to fight, Matt. So if you haven't, I been, hope Paul might jump through the microphone. <laughs> I hope the Bills make the AFC Championship so you come to Buffalo so I can fist fight you. <laughs> they are not bringing in Jim for two reasons. First, Jim is using this to get buco, buco, buco money out of his <laughs> current job at Michigan because he's up for a contract renewal and he's going to say, look, I got the Raiders. You pay me, I'll stay. Second, I I just think if you <laughs> – Mark Davis signed John Gruden, another splashy name, and look how it turned out. He, if he brings in Jim, I bet you in a year or two – there's going to be another email or text message or something that comes out with Jim, and Jim's going to get fired. <laughs> These classy coaching hires never work out for the Raiders. You are never going to find a, a winning football team with these splashy money gr- grubbing hand hires. It just, it, the Raiders, stop, please. See, you're talking from your heart. I, I don't disagree with you. I just think this is what they're doing. No, I think you're saying it wrong. It's not really you got a no drama, classic head coach. That's what they need. That's not what they're gonna do. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Matt. But I think what Paul and I agree pushback is I agree with you that he wants muka muka money. But Jim Harbaugh, with the new rules of recruiting and all of this money, he wants, from what everyone's saying, he wants nothing to do with that, is what they're saying. That he, I, like, I, again, think it's just smoke screens. I think the best option for the Raiders, and I truly do think that Mark Davis will finally make a better decision than his haircut. And <laughs> <laughs> that mullet was gorgeous. It's still there, man. It's still there. And I think he's finally going to make the right decision and say, look what this guy did after letting the the shit show of John Gruden going on, him having to go and still at least make the playoffs. And, oh, my God, yeah, it could have gone either way with the Chargers, and that was the freaking Chargers' fault of not making the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, And we won't even get into that. But you, you've got a guy, give him his own opportunity to pick his own quarterback. I think Derek Carr's good, but he's not the long-term answer for the Raiders. Get Derek Carr out of there, figure something else out, and let Rich stay. And, and, and I think Rich can do some good things with the Raiders, with everything that's going on there. I think it's going to be Rich. You think they're going to promote with them? You mean the current interim head coach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He made the playoffs. What what other interim head coaches have made the playoffs? I think there's been a few, but you're right. That it's few, not many, not all. I'm gonna Google this while we're on this. Hold on. I know interim head coaches usually don't work out too well when they get maintained, but but there have been some good names where the team might have been better off keeping it. One of which Miami had Todd Bowles, which they should have kept, but they also had uh, muscle bicep Dan Campbell is their interim as well at one point. I know from that perspective. I know the Bills had Anthony Lynn, who went on to be a head coach at the uh, Chargers. He was your running backs coach, wasn't he, Paul, in Buffalo? Or, I'm just stalling. No, he was an offensive coordinator. And then when they let um, – Sexy Rexy go. Uh, Sexy Rexy go, they promoted uh, Anthony Lynn. Okay. And he actually performed pretty valiantly down the stretch there. And that's what kind of catapult, uh, you know, catapulted him. 
Okay. Catapulted, catapulted him into the head coaching uh, uh, echelon. So while Sleazer's looking this up, I'm going to give him 30 more seconds. The last question I'll pose you with, Paul, and because then we can wrap this up once Sleazer has his facts, is do you believe the rumors, and everyone keeps saying it, but I feel like we hear this every fucking year. Do you, think, do you really think this is Sean Payton's last year in the Saints? Are they going to really trade him and blow this up or no? I don't think so, personally. I feel like he's no. Guys, I think they just keep floating this out there every year. Maybe they're hoping to get like a, a ooga booga offer for him or something. But on Sean Payton, yeah, I don't know why this keeps like floating out there every year. It like floats out there like Derek Carr being released or something. You know what I mean? Like every year we hear this, and then it's like, obviously he's still. I personally don't believe there's truth to it. I believe. I... That... Yeah, I, I don't believe that. I know the one rumor that was true was John almost was traded the one year before they drafted Lamar Jackson, if you remember. Like, he was on the hot seat. John yes. I remember that being a truth. And I remember they said they had teams lining up, and I would. I would line up for John Harbaugh. I mean, maybe the Raiders will get him. You saw that in my first half of my rant. You corrected me. I was uh, flubbing there like uh, Joe Biden. The editing uh, podcast you know, is powerful, too. Like, there. If you get John Harbaugh, you will be right, because I will replay you saying it's John Harbaugh. And I will. Say, I want all your money. I want both of you. I want you know <laughs> your checking accounts, your savings accounts. Yes, this could be John Harbaugh. <laughs> I, think, well, I think while Sleazer looks that up, and let me know. Sleazer well, have the can, uh, let me throw one back at you then. I want to know your opinion because I've been been waiting for a moment to interject this. And I think this is the perfect time because um, I'm like I don't know, man. I was talking with Amanda, my wife. What about the Patriots retaining Bill Belichick? Uh, let me give you the information real quick before you just come to a conclusion. The Buffalo Bills have completely figured out that vaulted, uh, or so they say, vaulted uh, Patriots defense. They spent $135 million, a record in cap. And where did they get them? A first, a one and done appearance in the playoffs. Um, and they got destroyed by their rivals there. Case in point, seven for seven, perfect on offense. We talked about that earlier in the podcast, but go before, uh, no punts. Go to the previous game the Bills and Patriots played. The Buffalo Bills, again, did not punt at the ball. And if, you're, if those are keeping track at home, the first 12 offensive possessions by the Buffalo Bills are the last 12 offensive possessions of the Buffalo Bills against the Patriots. They were 11 of 12 for touchdowns, the 12th one being a field goal. Um, so you're, the question you're asking me is, do you, do I think Bill you Belichick? Think, uh, yeah. Cause you keep saying this list is ever evolving. Bill Belichick said he was not going to coach. Now he wants to coach and the Buffalo bills. Like you said, you got to your team, you know, you're always ramping on uh, how the dolphins can't be the Buffalo bills. Uh, another team that has uh, been decimated by the Buffalo bills is the Patriots. If I was Bob Kraft, I'd be thinking about moving on from uh, Bill Belichick there. Uh, I mean, serious. I'm, I'm, that's why I, I had to bet, you know, it begs the question. I have to ask you guys. They fare better, really they fare better than Miami did because there was an act of God with the one storm that helped them get one win more than Miami has. But I think Bill Belichick will be retained. And the word I'm going to use, the buzzword, is expectations. Um, even though they spent $135 million, this is very much still a rebuilding team. Buffalo's expectations is conference championship slash Super Bowl. The Patriots' expectation was get in the playoffs. I kind of think they met the expectations, especially with the rookie quarterback. Um, yes, it's disheartening to get absolutely pecker slapped, but I do think they will be better next year. Do I think they're going to be like Buffalo's tier? No, I think Buffalo's shown they're in that Super Bowl window for these next two to three years. 
But the expectation for the Patriots this year was to just get in the playoffs, just get to the dance. And the fact that they were one and done, I think, is what a lot of Patriot fans had as expectations. Now, I know ESPN was humping them up as like humping, <laughs> hyping them up as Super Bowl favorites. I wasn't, and I don't think the local Patriots people were. I think the expectation set by Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick was this was a quote unquote rebuild. And Mac Jones is a rookie. I think them going into the playoffs met the expectation. So I fully expect Bill Belichick to be back. I fully expect them to be better next year. Now, if they get absolutely butt stomped by the the Bills again, I expect it to be a much different conversation next year, if that makes sense. Next, so, but. so I hate Bill Belichick, just like everybody else who isn't a Patriots fan. Um, I put this loss to the Bills on Bill for a very different reason. And I think it's because he's trusted his son, Stephen Belichick, to what most people think is their unofficial defensive coordinator and letting him call plays for that defense. I, I think the best thing Bill is going to do this offseason is bring in a true defensive coordinator to call plays. I think their shortfalling is that they do not have an actual defensive coordinator, and a lot of that fell on his son, who is as stupid as, as his mullet. Uh, <laughs> Lip-licking mullet? Oh, yeah. I think mullet. That, it's like if John Gruden and uh, Al Davis had a baby. <laughs> I think they're, they're going to bring in a defensive coordinator. They're going to have Matt Patricia as more than just a special assistant to the coach doing something more with the defense again, again but not as the, the defensive coordinator. And I think Steven Belichick is purely just going to focus on the outside linebackers, which is where he had some strengths this year, obviously, was their linebacker core. Especially if they lose their linebacking coach with Mayo. Which... Well, right demote him back to that spot or put him in that spot. I, I do put this loss on Belichick, not because of his own coaching, but his lack of having a coach in that position. That's a good point. So I, so please are here with me. I believe he'll be retained. Oh yeah. I just think it was stupid of them not to have a true defensive minded genius coaching that defense for the past couple of years. It was, I think it was arrogance. I think he thought he could do it with anybody. Yeah, yeah the last defensive coordinator, official defensive coordinator the Patriots have had was Matt Patricia before he left for the Lions. Correct. Not he, had wow. They had no, not really had a that. true defensive coordinator on that team no, since he left. And when did, when did they take a dip? Yeah, they had Tom Brady on that team, but they took a dip on that defensive side ever since. Matt Patricia left because they haven't had a true voice for their defensive side of the ball. So I think they're going to get it right and finally hire somebody for that position. I think to push it's going to be an outside hire. It's not going to be somebody with to push back on that. I think you're long-term right, but short-term wrong. I agree because you're right. They haven't had an official defensive coordinator since Patricia, but their defense, I think did not take a dip the next year. I think the following year it did because the following year was Brian Flores and he wasn't the official defensive coordinator. But this was the following year when Patricia left. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl against the Rams when the Rams only scored like 10 points. (laughs) It was like three. Or three, yeah. The one where that – Patriots won by 10 points. They won 13-3. to Yeah, but long-term you were right, Sleezer, because after that, Flores left and their defense went – I think their defense didn't recover after that. It went (laughs) – like it's been slowly declining since. Like 
since that moment. It's kind of like the Patriots with the GM. When they had a true GM and Scott Pioli, that was when they drafted the best. But that was long ago, back when, you know, we were all in school still. I was probably in diapers. <laughs> I mean, when you were 14 years old? So do you have sleeves? 16. Do you have – oh, my God. Uh, do you have the interim coaching uh, – any updates on the interim list there for coaches of success? Is the guy for the Raiders the most successful of recent? Uh, so I was not able to find anything. The only interims I could find was – I think it was the – 2012 or 2013 Broncos when John Fox had to be out for a few weeks and Jack Del Rio took over. Oh, that's they, a good. Yeah. They made Super Bowl and then I think I've seen... like the 92 or the 93 Falcons, their head coach had to be out for a few weeks as well. And then also they had, didn't the Cardinals have that at one point as well? And that's when Bruce Arians or somebody had to take over. Colts. Colts where Bruce Arian, uh no, I oh, thought that right. was one of the Bruce Arian guys is, uh, his uh, his uh, chance at a head coach position is when the Colts with uh, what's his name was out with cancer and Bruce Arians stepped in. The coordinator for yeah for the Baltimore Ravens. I forgot his freaking name. You're right. right. That, he he had the very same resume as the guy for the Raiders did, where he basically had to take over halfway through the year. Right. So it's interim coaches where head coaches either came back and weren't fired. Yeah. The only one I could really find that's had success with a head coach being fired is. Is this Raiders team? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, right. the other one was due to health reasons. No, that's a good point. So, long story short, the Raiders we think it'll be Paul and I think it'll be a Harbaugh, and Sleazer believes it'll be promotion with one of the Harbaughs, in my opinion. I said Harbaughs. That's why I did the plural. Hardballs. Hardballs. Yes. <laughs> the big whale that is Jim Harbaugh in his khaki pants. Everyone's oh, wearing khakis in the crowd. I hope you're ready. They'll be ironing them too. Old khaki pants, but. No, thanks, guys, for coming on. This is like kind of like the finale to it. We're hoping to see what happens. If the Bills do make it to the Super Bowl, it is going to be like lit here since Sleazer and I are both up here in western New York. Um, I'll be back up. I'll be back up. I'll, I'll skip school or something. I'll come up for the my Zubas today. <laughs> Zubas today. Oh, I won't be uh, like when the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers uh, won the uh, championship and the fans were going nuts there eating horse, horse poop. Or the yeah, that's crazy, but I hope I hope we have more class than Cleveland or Capitals when they won it. That was nuts too in Washington. Oh, yeah. We'll just be eating raw chicken wings here. Yeah, that's... <laughs> drinking the water straight from Lake Erie. That's the one thing. Wherever and before I let you guys get out of here, the one thing I want to see is wherever Brian Zabel goes, because I'm fully of the mindset: the higher the cholesterol, the better the coach. In terms of the- <laughs> <laughs> he is he is in full bloom. That man over and i want to see him as a team gets closer to the goal line get ready to jump on a table have like a pool ladder and as the and when they reach the red zone he starts climbing it and then if the bills actually or not the bills if the team scores a touchdown he just slams onto the table that's his motivational factor for his team just has a folding table right on the sideline that would mm. i have a question before we go yeah back to the raiders if rich does get hired do you think they trade Derek carr Supposedly, they've floated it out there, and they've said he would get at least the two first-round picks in terms of a team trading for him. So there's a trade value there. So the reason that's floated out there is they they must have inquired. You know what I mean? That's how you know a trade value. 
I'm just saying if that happens. I think they bring him back because of the crappiness of this year's draft. But next year, because 2023 is supposed to be a really strong quarterback draft, I think next year it's definitely fair game, if that makes sense. Just saying, boys, they have a bridge quarterback in house. Oh, Jesus. That's the – see, Paul, we hit the real reason. Caesar wants to see his boy. I hope Miami hires Mariota as the backup because you know why? We'd be called the Hawaiian team, the Hawaiian Stallions. (laughs) We'd have two Hawaiian Stallions. And both teams – and I hope – the question I would ask Marcus Mariota, Caesar, and this is the ultimate analysis because you watch him so much closer to me, is can he throw in the rain? Because I know mine can't. So – and his excuse is it doesn't rain in Hawaii. <laughs> so. Oh, boy. <laughs> they only throw through volcanic cash. <laughs> you know, I sent you boys the video on it, which is the ultimate funniest video, which is made by Dolphins Twitter with Tua. When he's yeah. like, can you throw the ball more than 10 yards? And he says no. And the guy's like, what do you mean no? We took you top five. And he's like, roses will bloom again. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. He's like, you guys are going to trade me. And then he's like, you know what? And then this is what Dolphins Twitter says all the time. When it, when somebody says it, it's like, you know what? You should have taken that 6'6 kid with a god for an arm. And it's like, oh, my God. That's not that. Yeah, you should have taken Brock Osweiler. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you're going to say Jordan Love, who throws like he's playing beer pong. So you guys are going to trade for Cam New in this offseason? <laughs> No, that's if we want the op- – if you could combine – no, we don't – Tua has his mechanics right now of just T-Rexing. I do not want any more of those mechanics. So, no, keep camping. You know? Like I said, bring me the other Hawaiian. I want Team Hawaii. Change the logo, too. Go back to the retro unis for the love of God. But – Put a giant pineapple on the side of the helmet. <laughs> the Miami luau's. Can we bring back uh- – <laughs> <laughs> And then, too, remember him for Hawaii set all those records and he played for the Washington football team? Like, can we bring Colt Brennan in, too? Let's just have all Hawaiian quarterbacks. You can have all Hawaiian quarterbacks if the Bills can re-sign Ryan Fitzpatrick as their backup next year. He was shirtless at that game, man. He was in Buffalo. That was insane. I didn't believe that. I thought that was a fake. Like, I can't believe he did that. I guess, he's not, I guess he's not really under contract by the Washington football team. It was a one-and-done deal. Season was for the previous weekend. He's a free man. So I'm like, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, I wonder if that means he's indicating that his career is over when he's just like, I played for one team and then I went and supported another team in the playoffs. I don't think his career is over. I think his hip is over. <laughs> but he's got a yeah, yaks. I recovered. That injury is bad. He's got a little bit of there. I, I would love if it's bad. Like, we all know the back of quarterbacks. I like Trubisky. I like, uh, What's it called? Famous Jameis Winston. I like Mariota. I like like Fitzpatrick would be a beautiful backup because those guys all scare you. They can come in and win a game. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it for today. Remember to everyone, you can listen wherever you get your audio, wherever the Apple Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, wherever it is. Also, I up, I do upload this to the Facebook page at Geeks Who Watch Football. If you want to troll the shit out of me like all these butthurt Patriot fans, which are surprisingly gone quiet, you can follow me at Twitter at Mad Titan Ten Eighteen. You know, you can post all the shit there. I'm telling you, Paul, I expected Bills fans to stick it up my ass when all the wins. It was Patriot Patriot fans on Twitter. They do not like Dolphin fans. I thought Jet fans would troll us, but no. It's literally Patriot fan and Charger fans. Like, Charger. It's because Charger fans like to make the poll of like, oh, ha, ha, you took the right one. But everybody sends screenshots of how Charger fans were jumping off the bridge when they missed on Tua because Tua was taking one spot ahead of them. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, you know. That's Jeff, 
you should have answered your phone Saturday night. I got a really good story we can end on. This is a really funny story. And Matt, this involves you. Oh, no. So um, we go over, um, by the way, uh, you're kind of talking to a local celebrity now. I made it onto the Bills Instagram official page. I'm glad you had clothes on. 7,000 likes. So if any of you people want to know what I look like, go to the Buffalo Bills Instagram page and vote number six out of eight for the best fans in the world. Uh, it's a picture <laughs> of my wife, me and my buddy Rick. But while we were over there, there was a bunch of tables there. We're giving out free stuff. You just kind of had to sell your soul, social security number, cell phone number, uh, mother's maiden name and all that stuff. Also, we hear a commotion. And I cannot repeat – I don't want to repeat because I don't know how young or how sensitive the, your listeners' ears are – but it was into the tune of the Bills stink, yada, yada, yada. And Rick and I and Amanda all turn around to see, nope, not what you think it is. We turn around and saw, yes, there was a Patriots fan, but two Jet fans. And the Jet fans were running their mouths saying how bad the Buffalo Bills are. It and it gets better. The Jet fan that was really running his mouth was wearing number five Mike White jersey. <laughs> That is the all-time – I love it. I love it. That is the all-time troll for a Jeff. Jeff, I tried calling you immediately after that. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Bill Pink, yada, 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 blank, blank, blank. And I turn around, and there's a Jets fan walking through the crowd wearing a Mike White jersey. Mike White is the one-hit wonder Duran Duran of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful one week. But we kind of all saw this coming. It was the – and that is fantastic. That is an all-time troll. I thought Paul was – I was bracing myself for Paul to say these goddamn Dolphin fans. I thought you were going to say it was Dolphin fans. And I'd be like, no, but I did see Patrick Mahomes in the audience as well. And he was like, Bills suck. Patriots suck. Go Chiefs. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Mahomes or his brother. Oh, God, right? One of them. I was like, don't you have a game tomorrow? <laughs> Mahomes, like, Mahomes needs to talk to Aaron Rodgers of how to disown your family in that regard because, God, Mahomes' brother is obnoxious. Nothing- Man, I don't know how many random fans you saw, but right in front of us, we had a Giants fan, and he's like, I'm here because the Patriots suck. <laughs> All right, thank you for your support, your money, helping keeping the, the stadium nice and clean, you know. <laughs> I think I saw more team jerseys in the stadium than the Jets have wins in the past three years. <laughs> yeah. No, I that, yeah. I never saw a more motley crew of random fans. You know if you weren't a Bills fan, you're 50% a uh, uh, Patriots fan, 50% uh, another team. So if you weren't representing the Bills gear – like, I saw uh, Vikings gear. I saw uh, – I actually saw someone in a freaking Boston Celtic jersey. I'm like, all right, you got to be a Patriots fan, but you don't have anything that has Patriots on it. You just got to wear random Boston stuff. It's because, yeah, it was a, pay- a playoff game. That's why. So, you'll see random team – because it's on TV, you'll see people rock other jerseys to show. Like, I don't personally – I like wearing – you know me. I'm a diehard Dolphins fan, but I do not wear Dolphins stuff to a game where Dolphins aren't playing. That's just not – I just don't believe in that. Even though I do love the level of troll. It looks weird. It's because the playoff game was $42. Yeah, that's true too. It's a- <laughs> You're going to get any fan there when a playoff game is $42 and you can make a fool of yourself by taking off your shirt and just wearing overalls. That's- <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was a good amount of uh, fat bellies out there. 
Yeah, because the only analogy I got to that is like going to a Metallica concert wearing Tupac. You know, <laughs> wearing a Tupac T-shirt. I was like, yeah, you know, it's sports and music, but like, the hell are you doing here? Yeah, no, it's. I'm hoping, like you said, in Sleezer, eventually our team may eventually turn it around while we still are alive. I just want to see it once before I die. But Paul's team, the Bills have turned it around. Bills fans, it's a long time coming because I know they have been in this boat before and they have finally turned it around. They look like they're, you know, even if they get their coaching staff poached, uh, they're obviously the quarterback ain't going anywhere. Sean McDermott ain't going anywhere and Brandon Bean. So the only difference is your two teams, yes, I know you guys are going through a painful time and it's been a little bit of a drought, especially for the Jets. At least you got hardware to represent. My team does not. Don't That's, worry, the Jets will turn it around one. when they're officially the New Jersey Jets. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the, uh, it, like you said, Sleezer, it's at a point where our teams are cursed no matter who we hire, no matter who we pick. It's kind of like the curse, and everybody, the question is, is can you get the coach and can you get the quarterback? Once you get the quarterback, it does fall into place. It makes it a lot easier, and every team whiffs on the quarterback. For Charger fans sticking it up, Dolphin fans' asses, you guys did that same game of we're going to let the quarterback come to us, and you know what happened? You got Ryan Leaf. Okay, Peyton Manning was taken ahead of you, you know, so it goes this way. Everybody has passed on the franchise quarterback. Everybody. They have all missed before. The question is, can you build your franchise the right way and make up for it? Right. And that's what key is like Buffalo is in a good spot because they have a good coaching staff and they have Josh Allen. Like and Josh Allen, they took the time to develop him. He is a star. Paul was right on that pick when they made it. That was not always the popular pick. That's why I go by the statement, if you listen to the fans, you end up sitting with them. Because Paul was there. There was a lot of Bills fans who wanted Josh Rosen. So, I had Bills fans getting mad at me that I liked the Josh Allen pick. Yeah. I had Bills fans cursing me out. I'm like, I didn't make the pick. You're an idiot. How do you, you know, support him with that pick and everything? Oh, who's laughing now? Exactly. And it's the, one of the things where it just it depends on, like you said, and I'm not trying to rip it into Buffalo either because I'm happy because Buffalo stuck to their guns. And they took the right player. Now, like I said, and even Buffalo, they, they, they took the right player. And I think Tredavious White the year before was a slam dunk pick. But they still passed on to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes. So, and they did. And I'm not saying that Allen's not on that level. Now he is. But if he didn't, they would have crucified Buffalo if, for passing on both of those guys. But, and I'm not, and I'm so happy for Buffalo that they got it right that time. You know what I mean? Like they ended up getting it right. And I think the Jets and Dolphins have to learn. And when I know, Paul, we talked about this off air, like Chris Sims with his Dolphins rant, the Dolphin fans, Chris Sims, don't make the picks, okay? Like, Matt Sleazer doesn't make the picks for the Jets. Matt and I were not on the same uh, – we were not on the quarterback train there. I don't know. I do make the picks for the Dolphins, though. You do make the picks for the Dolphins, I swear to God. I'm done picking draft picks for the Dolphins. I'm, I'll pick it for everybody else. I'm done making mock draft picks for the Dolphins. I'm like, nope, that's it. I'm done. I, the only pick I was right on with Miami was Tua. Every other pick, <laughs> one. I'm looking at the real GM of the the, of the Dolphins here, boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But so that's gonna do it for now. Like I said, best of luck to everybody's teams in the playoffs. Like I said, all three of us. So for those of you who are tuning into the end and kind of buzzed over to beginning, Matt, Paul, and I all have the Packers and Bills in the Super Bowl, um, and then we just went through all the coaching searches. Thanks for coming on, guys. I think this is a good finale because then after this, I'm going to go neck deep into the fucking draft and just start rolling up my sleeves since I must have been asked the other day at a party by like five uh, Steeler fans what quarterback I like. So I'm going to have to go neck deep into watching those games. 
for those who are wondering, by the way, I like Kenny Pickett right now, but I got to roll the sleeves. But uh, thanks for both of you for coming on, and everyone have a good week and enjoy the playoffs. Thank you. Go Bills. Peace out.